blue wire. Rosen traded to the Dolphins. I couldn't be more excited to become a Dolphin. Rosen looking down the field, and his pass is going to be caught for the touchdown. And running around, circling. Oh, look out! Krakowski didn't have the angle! Well, gonna have to ask my friends here at Blue Wire to get me a new lead into this podcast because the Josh Rosen starting quarterback in the Miami Dolphins era might be over after three games. And here's the thing here's the weird thing about this entire thing. Uh, I don't think you could argue that Josh Rosen was the better quarterback on the field for the Miami Dolphins against the Washington Redskins in week six. Rosen played a terrible football game. Looked like there was some protection issues with calling protections. Uh, When he had the rare occasion to stand tall in the pocket, he made some bad decisions, including the interception thrown to Washington linebacker Sean Deion Hamilton. And then Fitzpatrick comes in and ignites the offense, and they go down against a bad Washington team and score two touchdowns, and Kenyon Drake drops the football in the two-point conversion. Like, cool. Fitzpatrick was clearly the better quarterback against Washington. So if you want to make the change and go back to Fitzpatrick, because whether it's you're trying to still win football games for some weird reason, um, whether it's you you want to evaluate the rest of the offense and you don't feel like Josh Rosen gives you a great opportunity to do that because there's so many inconsistencies, all that's fine. And you're putting the better quarterback in the game based on what we saw in week six against Washington. So that's that's fine and dandy. My problem with this is Brian Flores one week ago came out and publicly said the Dolphins starting quarterback situation is settled. It's Josh Rosen's job. And then they pulled him in the third quarter against Washington. And then they said after the game, no, he's still the starter. And then on Wednesday, he comes out and says, nah, never mind. We're starting Fitzpatrick. For a guy like Rosen, who you invested a second-round pick in, hoping to hit that lottery ticket, right? Like, you can skip the line of needing to draft a quarterback because Rosen's going to come in and he's going to really take to your structure and he's going to make improvements by leaps and bounds and and get dramatically better. That was why they traded the second-round pick for Josh Rosen. So I still don't dislike the fact that they made the trade. But by treating him arguably as callously and as calculated as you have and as he experienced in Arizona in which they hired Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury said at the beginning of uh, his tenure with Arizona, yeah, I'm really looking forward to working with my quarterback, Josh Rosen. And then three week, three months later, the Cardinals draft another quarterback and trade Josh Rosen. And now in Miami, Brian Flores says, yeah, it's taken care of. Josh Rosen is going to be our quarterback for the rest of the year. And then three days later, they pull Josh Rosen. And seven days later, they bench his ass. I think you've, you've really kind of tapped out. And, and there's, I've gotten some feedback from fans on social media saying, well, you know, Josh should try playing better. or Josh should try not being so mentally soft. And it's not about me- being mentally soft. You... Who was it? It was I think it was ESPN. They did a wonderful job looking back at a couple of recent, I say recent, like last 20 years quarterback busts in uh, Joey Harrington, 
and Tim Couch and Brady Quinn. Those were the three guys that they talked to for this piece that they did. And Joey Harrington talked about the biggest thing of being with a dumpster fire program was the impact it, it took on your confidence and your self-efficacy, your belief that you could do something at a high level. And the Dolphins, they bring Josh Rosen in. It's very clear he's behind schedule versus what his reputation had suggested that he may be. So they, they work him along slowly. They choose not to start him at the beginning of the year. And then you insert him versus Dallas in week three. And, you know, he plays okay versus Dallas. And then he played his best game of his entire professional career the following week against San Diego. If it wasn't for the sack that he took in the red zone and his interception when they were down two scores and he was pressing to try and make something happen, you could have said Josh Rosen played a very good football game that week against the Chargers. And then they had the bye. They came out against Washington, a team that you knew if you looked at the matchups, if you looked at the personnel Washington had versus the personnel the Dolphins had, they were going to have a problem blocking them no matter what. And they got a couple exotic looks in the first couple plays, and protections weren't called right, and there were sacks, and the entire offensive game plan turned into quick screen game inside of three yards on the line of scrimmage. But to publicly back him and then pull the plug in a span of seven days, you've lost all viability and hope that Josh Rosen's going to turn things around and be a viable quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. So hopefully, first of all, this puts to bed the hopes and pleas of those Dolphins fans who say, let's build around Josh Rosen, let's draft players at other positions with the first pick and whatever the Steelers pick is, whatever the Texans pick it, just build around Josh Rosen. Dolphins aren't going to do that. Like, kiss it goodbye. Because this is such an indictment on the quote-unquote evaluation of Josh Rosen. This feels to me like the Dolphins want to get an evaluation of the rest of their offense, and they feel like they can't because of Josh Rosen's, whether it's inconsistencies in the pre-snap. I think, I think given what he's been given to work with offensively, his actual play after the snap wasn't bad until the Washington game. And there's no shame with having a bad game. But based on Miami's decision-making here and the way that they've handled this and the abrupt about-face, I really don't think they just made this decision to save Josh from having to go out and play Buffalo. Because Dallas has a ferocious defense, too. The Chargers have a ferocious pass-rush duo, thankfully. Not thankfully. I don't want to say thankfully. Fortunately for the Dolphins in that football game, Melvin Ingram got banged up and was unable to play the entire game. So it was just Joey Bosa he had to account for, really, in the pass rush. Washington had a bunch of war daddies up front in Deron Payne and John Allen who beat the tar out of the Dolphins into your offensive lineman. You could have seen this coming from a mile away. And it really disrupted what Miami wanted to do on offense. So... Uh, I'm frustrated with the handling of Josh. I'm not frustrated with the decision. I understand the decision. You see how Fitzpatrick played when he came in and wasn't playing the New England Patriots defense or the Baltimore Ravens defense the first two weeks as the starter. I respect the decision to go out and put the, the guy out there who's going to perform at the highest level and give you a chance to evaluate Devontae Parker, who they're going to have to make a uh, decision on because he's on a club option and need to figure out, do we need to target a wide receiver early in the NFL draft? 
or in free agency? Or do we exercise the option on Parker? Parker's on pace for career year this year, which is great. And he made a really great play on the ball in the touchdown that almost won the Dolphins uh, the game against Washington. But I don't think it's quite as cut and dry as, well, they don't want to play Rosen against Buffalo because they'll ruin him. Like, they've already, it's, it's already ruined. It's already spoiled. And as a guy who was a really big fan of Josh Rosen in the pre-draft process, it's unfortunate. Like I said, I can get behind, hey, we want to have the best player out there. But the public backing and the short leash that they gave him afterwards is baffling to me. And I really think it's going to be a really big knock on the confidence of Josh Rosen. And it's really easy for anybody who hasn't played football at a high level, maybe hasn't played the sport at all, to say, well, just be mentally tougher. It doesn't work that way. And when your, your trust and confidence is betrayed by your coaches who are supposed to be putting players in the best position to be successful and look out for their best interests, you can't tell me backing Josh and then pulling him in a span of seven days was in Josh Rosen's best interest as a football player and an asset for the Miami Dolphins. You might as well trade him now. Because it's clear as day that, that, that his readiness, his quality of play is not where it needs to be. And you took a shot, and I appreciate the Dolphins taking the shot. Because they've needed a quarterback for 18 years. So roll the dice, and hopefully it works out. It didn't work out. Now, fortunately, the second-round pick that they traded for Josh Rosen came because they traded back and turned one second-round pick into two second-round picks. So technically, all they did was take their second-round pick and push it back 12 months for a roll at the dice. And it didn't work out. That's fine. But don't back your player and then pull your player. I feel better. I was pretty heated yesterday when this news came out. I said, really? like Again, it's the concept of you just said he's a starter for the year. Another storyline that I'm really interested to monitor in the coming days, in two weeks effectively, the trade deadline's 12 days away, is what the Dolphins are going to do with Kenyon Drake. Guys, we even have conflicting reports from multiple people in the media on what the Dolphins situation is with Kenyon Drake, which I don't really remember being a thing uh, in recent memory. Uh, Barry Jackson of the Herald, a couple days ago, I think it was on Tuesday this article came out, he wrote an article talking about how the Dolphins can go out and acquire extra draft capital uh, before the trade deadline. And then the name that came up with was Kenyon Drake, running back Kenyon Drake. And uh, he had said the Dolphins in recent weeks, according to a source in the know, had expressed interest in retaining Drake and bringing him back. And that the Dolphins, in their interest in doing so, had had contract negotiation conversations with Drake's representation. Uh, but uh, Miami didn't was does not appear to be internally very interested in paying a running back a very high amount of money. Not that Drake would command or deserve it anyway, based on the product he's put on the field. 
but that any extension for Drake and the Dolphins was going to have to come, quote-unquote, on the Dolphins' terms. Good. I like Kenyon. He's a great guy off the field. He's a really strong person or personality in the South Florida community. He does a lot of great stuff away from the football field. And he's a talented athlete. But he's not been a productive running back. And he hasn't been able to win over multiple coaching staffs. So then Ian Rappaport from NFL Network this morning comes out and drops, well, uh, the Dolphins haven't had any talks with Kenyon Drake about a contract extension since camp, which is in direct conflict with what Barry Jackson had his source tell him no less than two days ago, which is interesting. But uh, Rappaport went on to say the Dolphins are receptive uh, to trade offers for Kenyon Drake, hoping that you know they can find something worthwhile. Uh, and that Drake would, quote, welcome a fresh start or a new opportunity or however Rappaport phrased it. Out of the two potential outcomes, I think one is much more obviously uh, likely than the other, and that's the trade situation. The Dolphins are kind of up against the clock here. Uh, and what we're going to do here after uh, this brief break, I want to talk to you guys about today's sponsors of the show, is I want to get into and talk about why the Dolphins are up against the clock with dealing Kenyon Drake or making a decision on what to do with Kenyon Drake, what the options are, and why I think very clear cut, one of these decisions is a lot better move for the Miami Dolphins than the other opportunity, which is really what it comes down to. The Dolphins have a plan A or a plan B when it comes to how they want to deal with Kenyon Drake. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. I want to talk to you guys about today's sponsors of the show. When you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. It's time-consuming and expensive. So many carriers to choose from. How do you know you're making the best choice? That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship all of your orders. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy no matter where you're selling. Amazon, Etsy, your own website. ShipStation brings all of your orders into one simple interface, making it really easy to manage from any device, including your cell phone. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including the U.S. Postal Service, FedEx, UPS, and even Amazon Fulfillment, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. And right now, Fin It to Win It listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use the offer code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card information. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BLUE. B-L-U-E, ShipStation.com, make ship happen. Listen, guys, talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I just lost my mojo. Or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about ED with a real doctor who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort of your own home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free 
two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. All right, where were we? Uh, the Dolphins and their options for running back Kenyon Drake, they've got two of them. They can trade Drake at the deadline, or they can extend Drake to a contract extension. They can't let him test the market, uh, because if they do, they're not going to get anything for him at all. So part of smart business is being able to look ahead, look forward, and have the understanding of maximizing your returns maximizing your investments. That's something that the Dolphins did well with Minka Fitzpatrick. It's something they did well with Laramie Tunsil. It's something they did well with extending Xavier Howard and being proactive in doing so. So you have several examples of the Dolphins kind of forecasting what their future holds. Um, the Laramie Tunsil thing was Houston warmed down until they got an offer they couldn't refuse. The Minka Fitzpatrick thing was they tried to remediate the situation and it didn't go well, and they eventually got an offer. They kind of waited out the trade market to find, oh, Pittsburgh just lost Ben Roethlisberger for the year, and they're still interested in offering their first-round pick. Let's go ahead and do that. Uh, that pick may end up being higher than the pick the Dolphins actually took to get Minka Fitzpatrick, which would be an excellent return on investment. So looking at Kenyon Drake. Uh, Drake was a third-round pick for the Dolphins. Fine football player. Better athlete than football player. Effort kind of waxes and wanes. Um, he's good when he wants to be in the pass game, both as a receiver and a, and a pass catcher and a, and a pass, pass blocker. But you can either extend him or you can trade him. Because if you let him test the market... Somebody's going to pay him more than the Dolphins want to, and he's going to be gone. And you are not going to get anything for him if he walks because the Dolphins have already stated openly, we plan on being aggressive in free agency because we want to get this thing turned around at a reasonable rate, and we've established all this space for ourselves to sell our vision to free agents and, and really revamp this roster in a somewhat timely manner. So if he walks in free agency... Dolphins will not be eligible for a compensatory pick back for him because the Dolphins will outspend whatever he goes out for, and the Dolphins have no other departing free agents unless they choose not to exercise the club option on Devontae Parker. So trade deadlines in 12 days. You've now got to make a decision in 12 days because you know odds are extremely likely if Drake walks out the door into free agency, he ain't coming back, and you're not going to get anything for him. So they got to gauge the market over the next 12 days. they got to gauge Drake's interest in returning, what his asking price is, see how receptive he is to the asking price that Dolphins are probably going to want to pay him at, which is nowhere near um, starting running back money because Kenyon Drake's not a starting running back. He hasn't been a starting running back for four years now, three and a half years now. 
three coaching staffs between Nick Saban in Alabama, Adam Gase, and now Brian Flores have failed to commit to Kenyon Drake being a volume-oriented running back, starting running back in the NFL. Um, and it's hard with to envision Drake coming into a contract season or being in a contract season that he would take money that isn't his asking price just to sign a contract extension. For me, it's pretty simple. You just took a seventh-round pick in Miles Gaskin. You got Mark Walton, the former top 100 player uh, draft selection, on your roster, uh, who's a very good pass catcher. He's pretty dynamic. He had 75 yards on 11 touches against Washington last week, uh, brought some life as a receiver. He's an obvious downgrade in pass protection. You got Kalen Balaj, who the coaching staff reportedly likes. Uh, was a good receiver. Can't catch the football to save his life this year. Uh, but is also, interestingly enough, uh, somebody that had been talked about about one point in the pre-draft process when Balaj was coming out about transitioning to wide receiver. There's talent there in the pass game. We haven't seen it yet, but it's still there. And you have a bevy of picks that, at your disposal that if you really wanted to, you could go out and draft another running back with a second-round pick or a third-round pick or a fourth-round pick, of the, whether that's Wisconsin's Jonathan Taylor, who I would absolutely love to have. J.K. Dobbins from Ohio State has looked pretty explosive and dynamic this year. He's kind of a nice balance of, of skills and qualities, and uh, he can get some things done in the pass game as well. Comes from a little bit more of a wide-open offense at Ohio State than, than Taylor's a little bit more traditional deep set back. Dolphins have options. Don't marry yourself to Kenyon Drake just so we can sit here and get frustrated that he gets 150 carries every year, catches 50 balls, and uh, continues to have issues holding on to the football. Drake was the guy that fumbled the ball down the goal line against the Bears in 2018 and almost cost him the football game. Took a missed field goal to extend that game and the Dolphins to win that game with Brock Osweiler at quarterback. Poor one out for Brock, just retired this week. Kenyon Drake had the fumble down inside the red zone against the Cowboys when Miami was down four points and could have gone into halftime uh, with a halftime lead. Drake fumbled in the in plus territory against the Chargers the following week. Drake dropped the two-point conversion. Like Drake makes just enough good plays that you really want to work him into the field, but for all the good plays that he makes, there's just enough inconsistencies there that makes you say, well, okay. Maybe somebody else should get a rep here and there. I'm not going to give that guy the money that he he is going to want, and he has every right to ask for, but I'm not going to pay it to him if I'm the Miami Dolphins. I'm going to tell him, hey, good luck. Go find that somewhere else. We're going to give you an opportunity because we're going to, we found some value for you in the trade market. We're going to give you an opportunity to go make an impact for somebody else, make a positive impression. All the best to you. Thanks for, for being such a positive presence in the South Florida community, and for all your hard work and commitment to the Miami Dolphins. That's how I'm handling that situation. And I understand for a lot of fans, there's a, I guess, an emotional attachment to Drake. Drake was the guy that scored the touchdown in the Miami Miracle. 
Drake has shown some flashes. Drake had 100 rushing yards back in, I think, 2017 when the Dolphins beat the Patriots in December. Uh, I believe that was a primetime game, too. Like, Drake has had some really great moments as a member of the Miami Dolphins. But they're too few and far between to warrant making an accelerated decision to pay him because you're up against the clock. The Dolphins aren't like a do-or-die situ- do situation. And the Dolphins would probably only honestly get a five or a six for Kenyon Drake because it's a rental. You might get a conditional sixth. So if the Dolphins choose to keep Kenyon Drake on the roster through the end of the season and then he walks, like, it's whatever. It's not going to cripple the future of your team. But it's not how I would handle it. Because if I know I'm not going to pay him, and I know what he's asking for, and I know we're really far apart, I'll take whatever I can get. Dolphins aren't going to win football games this year. Like, sorry. (laughs) It's just the way that it is. Uh, they, They are not built to compete and that flies directly in the face of the best interests of any football player on any football team. They want to win. They want to perform well because their careers and livelihoods depend on it. And that's the dilemma with um, systemic rebuilds that take the form of tanking. So I understand the player's dilemma from that perspective. I want to take the last few minutes today. Getting here towards the end. And I want to talk about uh, the Bills game just a little bit. Because I think it's interesting. Well, Flores made the decision to put Fitzpatrick in because he provides a spark and more experience. And let's evaluate the rest of the roster. But Miami's playing Buffalo this week. And I don't know if anybody who listens to this podcast has had a chance to watch a lot of the Buffalo Bills this year. But I have. And the Buffalo Bills have one of the most terrifying defenses currently constructed in the NFL. They've got a front seven that's fast. they got Ed Oliver on the interior, uh, top 10 pick. they got Tremaine Edmonds playing behind him, who is playing unbelievable football, uh, living up to his potential. He came out of the NFL draft process. He, like, turned 20, like, two weeks after the draft. Super young, six foot five, two hundred forty pounds, freak athlete, and now he's prowling the middle for the Bills, and he, he the light bulbs come on for him, and he's making splash plays all over the place, and then you've got this secondary which is just filled with ball hawks, and Sean McDermott is the head coach of this football team, one of the best defensive coaches in the NFL, regardless whether you're head coach, defensive coordinator, doesn't matter. McDermott's up there, and. Uh, I really don't care who's under center for the Dolphins. This team, much like Washington, uh, is not constructed for favorable matchups. So Ryan Fitzpatrick being under center, I don't think you're going to get a great opportunity to evaluate the rest of the roster. I think you're going to see a lot of turnovers. Fitzpatrick being a little bit more aggressive versus a ball-hawking secondary and an explosive, fast, both sideline to sideline and getting into the backfield defense. Defensive front seven for Buffalo. A lot of problematic matchups for the Dolphins in this football game. And I believe Buffalo, as of yesterday at least, before the uh, Fitzpatrick quarterback decision was announced, Buffalo was 15.5-point favorites, according to BetMGM. Uh, I bet Buffalo covers that, unless the defense shows up big. If the defense makes some splash plays, forces some mistakes from Josh Allen, 
we might get, get, get a competitive football game. But I don't think Fitzpatrick would be the reason why. Hope you guys enjoyed the game as much as possible this weekend. Come back and listen to us again next week on Fit It to Win. 